It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Good evening. I am Richard Dodson. I'm an evangelist working for our Lord at the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. And I welcome you to the Thursday edition of Gospel Preaching Live each Thursday evening at 7 p.m., as well as every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. I try to come online and bring a message from God's Word. I pray you'll find it to be beneficial. And if you do, I pray that you'll also give us a like and share it with as many people as you possibly can and help us as we endeavor to take the gospel around the world. Now, if you have any questions about this, uh, anything I say, our, our show on the uh, show here, and you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section. Or if you're watching through a podcast or some other means, you can call our text, 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And keep in mind, I am in the Central Time Zone. Or you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And again, help me to do what I can uh, to take this message all over the world. Okay, tonight's lesson, we are going to talk about the rich man and Lazarus. I had some thoughts I'd like to share with you on this. Um, of course, I have a little picture here. And it shows, let me zoom that up so you can see the picture. I just found a picture online. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, you might uh, look at the picture and kind of get an idea about the story of the rich man and Lazarus. As you can see, the rich man is faring pretty well in this picture. He has people who are uh, uh, serving him. He's, he's pretty round and plump. Uh, somebody here is, is uh, trying to, whoops, have a, trying to cool him off a little bit and someone else is pouring a drink. And then outside the, the door there, uh, you can see that there's a man who looks pretty down on his luck, and there's some dogs there. And I think it's safe to say that that would be Lazarus from her story. And so that's who we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to, I think this picture does a pretty good depiction of what we're going to uh, display. We're going to talk about this young man, our man, I'm not sure how old he is, but a man who... Uh, who suffered in this life, had sores on his body, and the dogs licked his sores, and all he wanted was the crumbs off this man's table. And I guess he wasn't able to even get that, but that's all he desired. That's all he wanted was something that would be left over from this man. So let's go ahead and read the story. It's taken from Luke, the 16th chapter, and let's read verses 19 through 31. Luke, the 16th chapter, and uh, we're going to read verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and, and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with swords who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. And moreover, even the dogs came and licked his swords. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. 
send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be, con neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. That's a really good story. And I really, it seems like every time I've read it, and I've read it all my life, I always seem to have uh, some more thoughts that come to mind. And and so I, I really appreciate reading this, and I especially enjoy preaching from it and sharing a lesson. And and so to be able to do that with you today is, is something that uh, um, I'm really going to enjoy because I, th I think it's something that uh, this story is, is it's just enjoyable, and there, there's so much that we can glean from. So let's go ahead and jump in. Let me share some thoughts with you. And, and my first thought that I wanted to share with you, there's been a lot of talk, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> about whether or not this is a real story or not. Is this real history? Is this something that actually took place? Now, there are those who say that it's not real history. Uh, Albert Barnes, for instance, and, and there's others. I, I don't want to quote. I know brethren who feel this way. Uh, Albert Barnes said, many has supposed that our Lord here refers to a, re to a real history and gives an account of some man who had lived in this manner. But of this, there is no evidence, Albert Barnes says. The probability is that this narrative is to be considered as a parable, referring not to any particular case which had actually happened, but teaching that such cases might happen. Uh, that's what Mr. Albert Barnes said. Now I'm going to give you my opinion, and uh, I, I wanted to give his side of the story. Like I said, there's others who have this idea as well that it's not real history. But the problem I have with what he's saying is in the story itself, because Jesus tells a story that he quotes from Abraham. And I just can't imagine the Lord making up a story where he puts words in, in an individual's mouth. If he, if the Lord said that uh, Richard said this, and, and he knows full well it's the, the, these, the story is going to be you know recorded for history in, in the Bible, he knows that's going to be there forever, then why would he attribute something that Abraham never said? Or Richard never said. I was using myself as an example. Um, he did say that Abraham said these things. He, he spoke to the rich man, and he attributes those words to him. And that's a, a real person that we read about in the Bible. So I find it just so, it just doesn't even make sense that the Lord is going to make up words that Abraham would say just to make up a point, especially when the Lord, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. The Lord 
has seen it all. There's he's seen it all more than once. <laughs> so he doesn't have to make things up, so to speak. And so when he attributes words to Abraham, that leads me to think this is real history. Uh, I have a very difficult time thinking that, that Jesus would make something up. That, 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 just, that just seems wrong that he would do such a thing. So those are my thoughts. Uh, do I think it's real history? Yes, I do. I, I, do, I don't believe that uh, this is something. In fact, in my mind, I th I'm pretty well safe uh, in thinking that the rich man is still burning in torment to this day. And uh, which is a very sad thought, and I don't like to think about that. But um, needless to say, I believe it's real history. And if anyone has any other thoughts on that, I'd like to hear from you. Go ahead and share why you think that I'm wrong about this, because uh, I would very much like to hear from you on that. The next question that I learned from this story is, was Lazarus righteous? Because the Bible doesn't really say much about that, but I think we can gather that he was righteous uh, in the fact where he ended up. Um, he died, and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. Now, I can't imagine that Lazarus was not uh, righteous and still got to be in Abraham's bosom, <coughs> and then the rich man did not. And so I think we can safely say that Lazarus was righteous, even though he suffered horribly in this life. He, he was a man who, uh, who had sores on his body and, you know, he didn't have anything to eat. He just wanted to be fed, as we said before, from what fell from the rich man's table. Uh, he, he lived a hard life, but was he righteous? Yes. I think it's safe to say that he was, if he was not righteous, then how did he again end up in paradise? How did he end up on that side and, and the rich man end up in torment? It would seem to me that uh, if Lazarus was not righteous, he would be in torment as well. So I think we can safely say that Lazarus was righteous just, just from, you know, seeing where he ended up. And uh, he's, you know, he's doing pretty good over there, it sounds to me like. How about what was the sin of the rich man? That was another question I had as I was going through the story. What exactly did he do wrong? Because he may have worked for all his money and he, and he did uh, uh, what, you know, he, he lived his life. And so the question has to be asked, what did he do that was wrong that made him go into torment? And I think that's a pretty safe question. And I think we can easily see the answer by going to the scriptures. Now, uh, remember, he, he did fare sumptuously in this life, but that doesn't mean that just faring sumptuously is a sin. Uh, the New Testament has commands for those who are rich in this world. Uh, they're not to trust in their riches, but it doesn't say that it's a sin for them to have these riches. And so for people to enjoy the, uh, the fruit of their labor, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Solomon talked about that, that a man should be enjoying the fruit of his labor. And so that may have been what he did, but there's a problem with Lazarus hanging around his gate and him ignoring this. And I want to look at some verses. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 15 and read verses 7 through 11, because I think this is going to be revealing. Now, this is quoting from the law of Moses, 
which it appears was in effect when uh, the rich man passed away. It's it, um, That's who Abraham told the rich man that uh, his family had Moses and the prophets. They could listen to them. So it, it appears that this was in effect. But uh, in verse 7 of Deuteronomy 15, we read, If any among you, and this is instructions for the Jews, which I believe would have been for the rich man. If any among you, one of your brothers, should become poor in any of our in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. Take care lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart and you say, the seventh year, the year of release is near. And your eye looketh grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry uh, to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you and all your work and all you undertake. For there will never cease to be poor in the land, and therefore I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, to the poor in your land. Now, this year of release, what he's talking about is every seven years, if someone owes you money, then uh, they would be free of that burden, uh, that debt after seven years. And so in context, what he's saying is, I mean, let's say somebody wants to borrow money from you and it's the sixth year and the year of release is next year. Well, you may not want to loan him the money because that's going to be a bad transaction. You're not going to get much in return. You're going to lose money. But, you know, the Lord's making it very clear, hey, you don't worry about stuff like that. That's what he's telling the Jews. Uh, he, he wants them to be compassionate and, and looking after those who are in need. And that is not what we see taking place with uh, the rich man toward uh, Lazarus. He did not show compassion. He didn't help him. I mean, he was so stubborn that he wouldn't even give him of the crumbs of his table. That's all he wanted was to eat the very things the dog would eat. And he was more than willing to, to see Lazarus suffer instead of opening his heart to him, showing him compassion as Moses had commanded him. And so what was his sin? Well, it was that right there. He had a lack of compassion for his brother. Now, remember, the Old Testament is a, uh, a shadow of the new. So when we're talking about the Israelites and their fellow Israelites, that would be comparable to a Christian and their, their brother today. And so imagine if you are at church and you know of a brother who goes to church with you and every day he's out there, you know, by your mailbox and he's just wanting the crumbs off your table and uh, he's got sores all over his body and you make him just live out there. Don't even throw him what you give the dog. Uh, you you would say that's just that's most wrong and that's exactly what was taking place with the rich man he was most wrong in not showing any compassion on uh on lazarus lazarus needed help and he did not help him and i believe abraham makes that very clear to him when you know he talked about lazarus coming when he asked the uh, rich man asked abraham to have lazarus come in to torment and just get a you know, drop of water on his tongue while he's in that flame. Abraham said, did, did you not receive good things in life and Lazarus bad things? Now he receives good things and you receive bad things. So it just goes to show you that there was 
you know, that's, that's being thrown back at him by Abraham. And, uh, of course, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, uh, it's on the rich man. He had the opportunity. He didn't partake of it. And, uh, the, the law was given. He should have known what to do and he didn't do it. That's bottom line is he just didn't get it done. And so because of that, he ended up in, uh, in torment. And again, that's just a very, very sad thing. How about, uh, what can we learn from Lazarus? Uh, I may have messed up here on my slides. I'm not sure. Um, one thing that we learned about Lazarus from second Corinthians 12 and verse 10 is, and, and this is instructions for Christians. You know, he suffered in this life, but he was righteous. And so in the end, he went to paradise. Now look at the instructions toward Christians who suffer in this life. In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, Paul said, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with what? With weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, so what he's saying then in, in context here, uh, he's talking about uh, well the grace that was bestowed upon him uh, because this thorn in the flesh that he had, but, uh, and the Lord, you know, it was, it was going to be good for him to endure it. And that's what he's talking about. But what he's saying then for all of us is that we need to be content that there's sometimes we're going to go through problems in life, but if it gets us to where we need to be, and that's in paradise, then do we care? No, we need to be content because the Lord's watching out with us. For us. So we need to be content with weaknesses. We need to be content when we're insulted. We need to be content with the hardships, with the persecutions and the calamities. Lazarus endured, and we're going to see that. And because he was content, then uh, he ended up in paradise, and that's a, that's a big lesson for all of us. In Hebrews 13 and verse 5, it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it appears that's exactly what Lazarus did. Yeah, he wasn't uh, wanting money from the rich man. He just wanted his crumbs. And uh, we don't even have any evidence that he even was upset with the rich man because he didn't get any of the crumbs. Uh, it appears he endured his life and was content. And so we need to learn from that that sometimes we're going to have to go through problems in life. And because of those problems, uh, if we are content, we don't whine about it, then uh, the Lord's going to be able to work out his will. But in the end, again, if we get to paradise, what do we care what we go through in this world? It may be inconvenient for a time, but we keep our eye on the end game. We keep our eye on our hope because that's what we want to do. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 11 through 13, Paul talking about his state as an apostle. But I, I want to, uh, th this directly uh, shows what Lazarus did. It says, to the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. Lazarus was persecuted. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, that was Lazarus, the refuse of all things. But he endured. And that's what we got to learn from Lazarus. We have to endure 
if we want to be able to be in paradise, if we want to go to heaven. And so, again, we can't whine. If we whine, we're no better than what the Israelites did. And we know how upset the Lord, you know, that makes the Lord. We have to endure and be thankful for what we do have. And, and so there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from uh, uh, Lazarus. How about the rich man? What's something we can learn from him? Well, the thing about the rich man, and and this is something that, uh, let me see if I can go back. Well, I didn't have it up there. But if you, if you go back and look at the text, and I think this is very revealing, when he when he found out he wasn't going to get any water, he said, send Lazarus back from the grave. If he goes to my family and they see somebody that comes from the grave, they're going to repent. And Abraham just simply said, they got Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And that did not suffice. That wasn't good enough for the rich man. The rich man said, no. And, and now who, he's in torment. Abraham's in paradise. Who is he to argue with Abraham? Abraham knows what a man needs. He got there. He's in paradise. He knows why. He, you know, he's there and he knows why Abraham or the rich man is in torment. And so here this man is, it shows his attitude, which was bad on earth, has followed him into hell. It followed him right into torment. And he says, no, basically disagreeing with Abraham. And he again says, if you send somebody from the grave, they will repent. That's what he believed in. He, he had his own idea what his family needed in order to be saved. And that is just lacking all kinds of faith. When somebody starts saying things like that, you're lacking all kinds of faith in God and in his power. And that's why Abraham told him, and he was trying to get across to him, that the power to save is in God's word. But the rich man, didn't. he didn't understand that. Look at Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11. God said through Isaiah, my word will be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So the Lord was going to send his word out into the world. And of course, that's what Jesus said in John 17. That word was given to Jesus. And it was Jesus's job to come to this earth and to teach man, but especially his disciples to present that word to his disciples. And then, of course, after he uh, was resurrected, he sent the Holy Spirit, which came to the apostles and further brought God's word, uh, the teachings of uh, uh, God's word into the minds of men. And as they went out and preached and uh, uh 1 Corinthians 2 makes it very clear that the Spirit searched out the mind of God to find out this word, and that's how it was revealed to man. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And so that is how God's word, that's how God decided to make his word known to man, and it was going to accomplish what God wanted it to accomplish. That's important. What did he want it to accomplish? Paul makes that very clear in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, and this is what the rich man missed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the gospel 
that saves man. Not some other means, not somebody coming back from the grave. It is the gospel. The gospel saves man. That's God's power. And it will do what God wants it to do. And we got to pay faith in that. That's exactly what God has said. Now, the problem comes with man. This was the problem with the rich man. And 2 Thessalonians, Paul addressed that in chapter 2 and verse 10. What was his problem? He did not receive the love of the truth that he might be saved. That's evident in torment with what he said to Abraham. He still didn't believe in it. He believed somebody had to go back from the grave in order to be able to convert his family. See, he missed it all. He missed the whole point, and he missed it even then. He may still be missing it today, but that's not that's not the way God saves people. God sent forth his word. His word's going to save men, and it's going to be successful. It's going to do exactly what he wants it to do. The problem comes with man. What kind of uh, heart does he have? As the parable of the sower talks about what uh, type of soil is in your heart as the word is sown, uh, the seed of the word is sown in your heart. What, what comes forth? If you have a love of the truth, well, what comes forth is a man that's going to be saved, a Lazarus. That's what's going to come forth. If you don't have a love of the truth, then what's going to come forth is a rich man, most unfortunate. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, to just uh, to back up what we've already said, God, uh, it pleased him through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And what was that preaching? The gospel, his word. And it was through the foolishness of preaching. And that's why Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. <laughs> because that's God's power to save. Those were their preachers. All they had to do was listen to them, but they didn't have the love of the truth. I hope they ended up having it. I know the rich man didn't, but uh, we don't know about what happened to his family, but I would hope that they ended up having a love for the truth. And I, I would pray that everyone has a love of the truth. That's Listen, folks, that's what we're on the air right now trying to do. You know, we're trying to present God's word in such a way that uh, uh, people will recognize the power of God's word and what it can accomplish. You can't... Uh, if you think you're going to be saved through some other means other than through your obedience to the word of God, then you're going to be lost. It is through obedience of the word of God that man comes to be saved. And a man can't obey what he doesn't know. And that's why there's preachers. That's why men go out and preach the gospel. So men will hear God's word and they have a chance to be able to uh, respond to it. Okay, that's your lesson for this evening. Those are just some thoughts I had on the rich man and Lazarus. Again, maybe you have some of your own thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, go ahead and share them with me and, and uh, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. Maybe we can help each other. Okay, if you are ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, would you please come and meet us? We uh, meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Bible study, 10.30 for worship. And we have a really neat little thing that goes on between uh, uh, Bible study and worship where we have it. It's called Kids Bible Time. 
where I got little two and three year olds that come up and we do a little 10 minute little thing with them that they seem to like and, and uh, love for you to bring your family and, and to be able to have your kids take part in that. But uh, yeah, we uh, would love to have you for Bible study at 9.30, 10.30 again for worship. And you'll hear a lesson very similar to what you're hearing right now. That's be me bringing the lesson. And again, I, I hope to have you. We're at 406 North Clark, and you can learn all about the church by going to carneychurch.com. And if again, if you like this lesson, you want to hear more, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m., and you'll hear a lesson from God's Word. And uh, if you cannot uh, pick up the signal because you live outside of Kearney, then just stream it on your mobile device. That's something that they do. Now, this lesson, as well as other lessons, uh, are on uh, Spotify, uh, as well as other uh, uh, platforms. Uh, if you can't find it, if you are using some music platform and you can't find Gospel Preaching Live or uh, uh, Berean Spirits or any of the things that we put on, uh, you just contact me and I'll try to make sure we get put on uh, those platforms. Berean Spirits is uh, an internet show I'm, I take part in with a couple other preachers and we try to study as the Bereans in Acts chapter 17. And we this takes place every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And you can take part as well. We try to uh, use everyone on Facebook and YouTube that make comments. But uh, we study a topic each week. And again, it's Thursday at 10 a.m. And you can go to carneychurch.com, press on the Facebook, YouTube, or Berean Spirits link, and it'll take you there. And if you can't uh, watch it uh, live, uh, they're still up there. You can watch the past episodes. Or again, you can download it on your podcast as a podcast. Okay, next time I'm come to you, Lord willing, will be this Sunday at 6 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes and to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.